What is going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Respectfully Selfish Podcast. I am your host, Ben J. Myers. You can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all the above. Ben J. Myers. Uh, And I just want to get this podcast started by saying thank you to everybody who reached out to me last week. Um, I had a lot of good reactions. A lot of good reactions. Doesn't get any more bland than that a lot of good reactions um no i did i got a lot of good reactions <laughs> um i interviewed my business partner best bud last weekend or not last weekend last week and we talked about kind of what's your excuse for not getting started what's your excuse for not making the next step or following your dreams or career and the number one thing he said was fear uh regret and I couldn't agree more. Uh, so I just want to give a huge thanks to Joe Colella, uh, co-owner of the Rusty Tap with me. And also he owns his own construction co- company and core construction. So once again, big thank you to Joe for being on the show last week, the show, the podcast, have your own episode. Um, and all the new listeners that jumped on, um, from Joe's friend group, family, anything like that. I want to welcome you guys to the little community we have going on here and just trying to, you know, be our best selves door. Do our best lives here. So, guys, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for taking the next step to, you know, better yourself, better your journey, and, you know, achieve better mental clarity. With that being said, I will get to my disclaimer that I am not a licensed therapist or a licensed counselor. Uh, my advice or my perspective is strictly my own. Um, I'm sure other people share it, but. It is just something, you know, I went through a lot of tough times in my life and I started just to kind of take notice of what was working, you know, to get my mind in the right space. So I kind of coined that respectfully selfish while I was living out in Colorado and it just kind of was catchy. It stuck and it resonated with me. So I hope it resonates with you as well. What I want to talk about this episode is how we're not responsible for other people's happiness. And I know we go through the days sometimes, you know, feeling like the world's really heavy, that so many people rely on us that, you know, our job or our family is just going to shut down if we're not operating at 110%. And I'm here just to kind of tell you that that's just pressure you're putting on yourself. And if people are reliant on you for their happiness they have some work to do on their end. Uh, it's it's not healthy for us to you know burden everybody else's emotions. And I know if you're empathetic or you're an empath, that's hard. Um, I know that personally because I say this all the time. I think that like when people are going through whether it be tough times in their life, a loss of a loved one, you know, a breakup in a relationship, or just any hardships that they might be going through, I I feel that I. I understand the the emotional space they're sitting in that they're going through, and I just remember how much that sucks. Um, it doesn't have to be the same exact situation. I'm a, I'm a big believer that you know we all go through, if not similar situations, we go through almost identical emotional situations. We all we all suffer from a form of anxiety. I a lot of us, I mean, unfortunately, have gone through bouts of depression. Um, so, and if you're an empathetic person. You understand how each person is feeling while they're going through that. So it's our responsibility to take a step back and understand that all that hard work we put into, 
you know, getting out and pulling ourselves out of the trenches to, you know, combat that anxiety and that depression and those hardships that we go through. It's not our burden to make everyone else in this world happy. And I don't mean that from a cynical place. I mean that from a mental health space. A lot of us try to go out and help other people because we feel like we need help ourselves. And I say that because a lot of times I covered up how I was really feeling by helping other people. I would just dive into working with um, kids or children with special needs who um, go through their lives living with autism, Down syndrome, anything along those those lines. Uh, not, not saying it wasn't from the bottom of my heart because it, it truly is. It was just... I felt so bad about myself that the only way I could feel good about myself was by helping people who maybe needed it a little bit. And I'm so fortunate about that because I've learned so many life lessons, countless life lessons of working in that field. And I think the number one thing I took from it was people are more self-sufficient than we tend to give them credit for. And what I mean by that is if you're an outsider looking in to maybe the the intellectual disabilities world or maybe the special education program, a lot of times, I don't want to say pity goes into it, but a lot of times misunderstanding goes into it. And people misinterpret doing things for others as help. And just coming from a psychological background, the more you do for other people, the less they learn that skill. So the number one thing I've learned in my 20 plus years of whether it be volunteering, uh, professionally working in the intellectual disabilities world is people are more self-sufficient than you're giving them credit for. And I just, I had so many good mentors that taught me, you know, you can't just go in here and do things for people because it's that famous saying of you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. But if you feed a man a fish, he'll pretty much be a piece of shit the rest of his life or something like that. Um, but that's that's what I started kind of thinking. And the the number one thing I took, and I tell this to everybody that, you know, hasn't maybe worked in that field, you will learn so much perspective about your own life, about the lives they they live. And people want to go and feel, you know, bad. They almost feel like they have to feel bad for people that go through life living with autism, Down syndrome, or any form of intellectual disability. But the number one thing I learned is it's just a different way to view life. And the cool thing for me was they taught me more about my life than I could ever, ever teach them about theirs. The little things that would just become so exciting, the just, you know, accomplishing a a normal task and it was just celebrated and the joy on people's faces. Those are the things that I, they taught me how to live. They taught me how to appreciate the small things. They taught me how to, you know, take one step at a time. Not everything is going to come naturally. You have to work at things, not even for a day, a week, a month. I spent years working on writing tasks, just typical tactical tasks of where I worked at a place, uh, shout out to Altec in Comar, Pennsylvania. They actually work with people who live with intellectual disabilities and help them assemble boat parts to sell to a company and they actually earn paychecks. 
uh, that kind of stuff. And you just realize that by working with people and just teaching them one small task at a time, they learn that task. They do it for themselves. They earn a paycheck. They're self-sufficient, self-reliant. Well, I adapted that to my life and I said, well, that just doesn't work in that field. That works in every field. That works in if you're constantly working your tail off to make somebody happy, that's wonderful. You're doing great things. You're being a kind person, a loving and generous soul. But you're going to have to realize, at least from my perspective, they have to learn how to be happy on their own. And not so self-reliant. That doesn't mean to leave somebody in a ditch at 3 a.m., not pick up your phone, that kind of stuff. It means if you are feeling drained all the time because somebody else's energy is taking that from you because they cannot be happy unless, I don't want to say just you specifically, but the people around them are making them happy, that is almost a form of a toxic relationship because I'm willing to bet on most occasions, now I know this isn't for everybody, but... When you're having a bad day and say they're not, most of the time the people that require your assistance and your help to be happy aren't the ones that return that back to you. And that's not a knock on them. Uh, If you're one of those people, this is not a knock on you. I understand where you come from because empathetic people come from a different place, a different place of understanding. And some I'm just learning, you know, in the past few years, not everybody has that whether you call it a social cue or just a cue in general, that people are upset. And honestly, some people just don't care. And that's okay too. We get to choose our inner circle, right? We get to choose who we spend our time with. And I think that's something big is while I love helping people, I love being the person to put a smile on somebody's face uh, to make those worries go away for a little bit. That's the number one reason I started this podcast is I wanted people to – feel relatable. I wanted people to, you know, be able to pull themselves out of the trenches when they're having a rough go at it. And in the beginning, I felt responsible for everybody's happiness that listened to this. And I was fortunate out of the gate um, to have a wonderful support system, wonderful group of friends that, you know, came in boatloads to listen to the podcast in the beginning. And I was like, this is enormous pressure. I have people I haven't talked to in 15 years listening to this podcast. Like, what are they going to think of me? How am I going to help them? And it probably took me until like episode, I want to say late, probably like 15. So maybe 10, 11 episodes ago that that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to create a catalog of work for people to go to themselves. And my job as whether it be a marketer or a promoter or whatever you would call it self-entrepreneurship. No, I know advertising, marketing is absolutely, and promoting is actually the correct terms. Um, You just put it there for when people are ready. And I think that's the same thing when you're trying to work with people that aren't having a good day. Um, I tell this to my girlfriend all the time. If I'm not having a good day, please do not drop down to my level. Please do not, you know, match my energy. And that isn't being like, hey, get out of my face. That's being, I want you to continue having a good day for you and doing the things that are important to you and the things that are continue moving you forward. Just because, you know, a clo- like say if you still live at home with your parents or if you do live with a significant other or a roommate, if they're having a bad day, that doesn't mean you have a bad day. It doesn't mean you have to go and match their level of whether it be anxiety, depression, or just being upset. 
I mean, this is a big thing in conversations. I feel like it becomes a contest. All of a sudden you see somebody who's upset and you have to be more upset or you have to be relatable to them. So you drop to that level. I don't want to say drop down because people have bad days. It's not bad to be down there, but that's just something you have to take, you know, a conscious effort to notice is, are you just trying to match somebody else's level or are you living your life? And, you know, maybe you did have a bad day uh, and that's okay. You know, two people are allowed to have a bad day at the same time. But like I said, that's the number one thing I say to my girlfriend is if I'm having a bad day, like, please do not feel necessary not to, you know, go and do things, not to continue laughing and being your same, like your bubbly, energetic, like loving self. Don't if like we all have bad days. It's totally fine. And I tell her the same thing when she's having a bad one. I'm always here to talk to. I'm always going to ask you if everything's okay, if there's anything I can do. But something I'm actively trying to work on is maintaining my mental health. Um, So that doesn't mean I have to be attached at her belt loop while she's having a bad day. Um, I will absolutely go and do things, you know, to help try to brighten her day because that's who I am. But it's not my responsibility to match her level or bring her up. I can do my best. And once I get to a point that, you know, it's exhausting to a certain point. I have to start looking out for myself too, right? Because one of us has to be able to, you know, be there. So if you're both, you know, riding the pine and feeling like you're just kind of two miserable people sitting on a couch sometimes, like it's most of the time I find because you're trying to match each other. So understand that while you may be a loving and caring person, it's not your duty or responsibility to make somebody else happy. I think for me, this is kind of the next step, is it's your job to let them develop them their tools to bring them to happiness. Or the, the next next step is let them know it's okay not to be happy. It's an emotion. You're, they're literally called sad, angry, happy, glad. Just all of the seven dwarfs in there, or nine, seven dwarfs, don't quote me on any of this, I'm... It's probably just sleepy or dopey. Um, you have to give people those tools or at least let people realize they have those tools inside of them. It's just, I think, uh, I know I've talked to counselors before and they say, it's just like having tools in your tool belt. And that resonated a lot with me is with each new skill you develop, it's another tool to put in that belt. Like I said, in previous episodes, when I first started this thing, my, my go-tos are always exercise, playing the guitar, playing basketball, and helping people, and listening to music. But those are the things that are on my belt loop, the things that help me. Um, if I recognize I'm not happy, it's because I recognize triggers that are making me unhappy. And I know those are my baseline. Those are my tools that I go to, that I work with. And it's okay to be a tool on somebody else's tool tool belt. (laughs) It's okay to be a tool. um, But it's not okay to be the only hammer in that tool tool set. Uh, So I know me and my girlfriend have that relationship where it's we want to be happy as individuals, but be together and happy as, you know, a couple. Um, We spent six months of the beginning of this, this portion of our relationship, a uh, long distance. 
And we had to talk on the phone to really kind of gauge each other's, you know, state, emotional state and stuff like that. And the one thing I loved about it was you had to let the other person fend for themselves. We weren't in, we weren't, I was in Pennsylvania and she was in Florida. We couldn't just, you know, run over to each other's house and like pick up some soup if somebody was sick or something like that. You literally had to let them fend for themselves, live their lives and just have faith that they were able to do it. And that was huge for me because I'm an independent person. I, I like, you know, having my life and doing things and being responsible for myself. I don't want other people to feel like they are responsible for anything in my life. And, and I mean that in the terms of I don't want people to feel responsible that they are obligated to do certain things for me, make me happy or anything like that. I can do all that myself. And if I'm having a bad day, I don't like people feeling obligated to try to make me feel better. It's different when it's just a few like acts of kindness, but I don't want people feeling obligated to make me happy to go out of their day that they might be having a great day. I don't want to be that person to bring them down. So I had to develop those tools, that skill set to be able to say, okay, I'm going to lace up my bootstraps here. I know these four things make me feel better. They are a step in the right direction. It's positive momentum. And I have a whole episode about momentum that I I've genuinely love that episode because that's a firm belief of mine. If you can't teach people or let people start developing positive momentum for themselves, you are going to be the scapegoat anytime that, whether it be one person or multiple people, a group of people, feel bad. You become the reason... Now you're not the reason they're happy. You're the reason they're not happy. Oh, well, this person didn't do this, 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 and this. That's why I'm not happy. They normally do this. It's just, I always say we're like trained dogs all the time. We only know what we know. I know that's, it's deep. And we have to let you digest that for a second. That's like Thanksgiving dinner. We only know what we know. So take that, take that as you will. Don't get offended. I know there's some big words there you have to take. But it's true. Like, if you are the person that is known to make people happy, well, when you're having a bad day and not making people happy, people don't want anything to do with you. People are like, oh, well, Senior Giggles over there isn't happy. Call him Senior Not Giggles. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to tune up the offensiveness for this one for viewership. Senior not giggles over there, not making me happy. I don't want anything to do with him. Send him back. If he's not making me giggle, I send him back. And that's just, and then all of a sudden you become disposable. I'm not saying this is every, you know, interaction. I'm not saying don't go out and make people happy or try to go out of your way to make people happy. I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying concentrate on your happiness first. Fortunately for me, making other people happy is something that makes me happy. That is, you know, in my tool belt of, I like to help people. I made a post on Instagram. um, I think it was during the NBA skills competition. And I was just thinking, I was like, have I lost any friends since I started, you know, podcasting and being a little bit more vocal on social media? Because I hate social media. I used to think of it as just a giant diary for people to bitch and complain on. And that's kind of the reason I started this. I've always had this idea of creating a 
I think in high school I came up with high school or college a positive only newscast or broadcast. So, for instance, if you hate Trump, the only it doesn't matter. I don't. You're just only going to hear good things that people do, and that's kind of what I wanted. Is I just want people to look at things in a positive light. So my social media, instead of becoming bitching and moaning and complaining. I want it to become helpful, motivational, and a place to go to that, you know, it might turn your day around. It might not. It may change the way you think in a few years. I, I don't know. But I figured that's what I want to do for people because that makes me happy. That's a tool I possess on my my tool belt. Um, Senior Giggles has a helpful tool in his tool belt. <laughs> um I swear to God, if people start calling me Senior Giggles because I'm an idiot on my own podcast, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to get a shirt with a giant frog on it that says Senior Giggles. And then a sad frog on the back that says Senior Not Giggles. (laughs) Oh, Monday mornings. Monday mornings. This will do it to you. Um, But no. Think about that. How much of your energy and your time do you put into, especially I, I see a lot of, I don't know if it's kind of more classic or old school marriages that kind of go through that where it's, you know, you're kind of stuck in roles. Um, so-and-so goes to work these, these times. So-and-so, you know, cooks, cleans, this and that. And in the world we live in, the, it goes either way. It's not a gender specific. It's not anything like that. So a lot of times we fall into those routines and then if someone's not happy, you know, somebody goes out their way to make them happy. Are you developing your tools or helping other people develop? That's the biggest thing you can do for somebody else is not fix their problem. It's teach them how to fix the problem for themselves. And people be like, oh, Ben, well, if you teach people how to fix themselves, no one's going to want to listen to your podcast. I've always said this. I do not care how many people listen to this thing. The only thing I care about is people bettering themselves and doing things for themselves. That's just exactly what I want. Uh, I don't want people to go through their lives dependent on other people for happiness. That's terrible. I mean, I went through, I would say a solid five, probably more than five years. It was probably like six, seven years of my 20s. That I was reliant on other people for happiness. If I wasn't surrounded by, you know, friends or like loved ones or anything like that, I was in dark places. And then I started living on my own. I mean, but like not having any roommates or anything like that. And I thought that was gonna be scary. It was the best thing in my life. At that point, I, I learned how to have bad days with no one around. I learned to have good days with no one around, and I learned a lot about myself and you know. The quiet of sitting in between four walls by yourself and how you occupy your brain says a lot about yourself. You can either go to dark places or you can either go to light places. Uh, somebody will leave the light on for you. Or um, it's that you learn that the power is inside your brain. That if you are stuck in, you know, a situation by yourself, you possess skills to get out of it because you do things by yourself. I'm not saying I always feel like I start to argue with myself here, but like I'm not saying like it's bad to be reliant or dependent on other people because some people, you know, are 
codependent people. And I don't say that in a negative manner, but it's our job as independent independence um, to help those people out by teaching them maybe some things that help us. It doesn't mean it's going to fix their problems. It's I always tell people, this is what I do. This is things that work for me. This is what my entire podcast is about. This is what works for me. Um, I'm a big, if I had to step back and say my three biggest things for have it, like developing that tool, that tool belt is you have to be self-aware. Understand what your triggers are. Understand what doesn't make you happy, what does make you happy. That's big. So being self-aware is number one. Number two is this. No, that's number two. Self-aware is number two. Number one is the circle you keep. I, I preach that all the time. If you surround yourself with good people, with goals and motivation and dedication and persistence, that's who you become. And that's who helps project you to the next level. I'd like We just talked to Joe last week on this podcast. And that's who I surround myself with is that positivity that comes from the same, cut from the same cloth as me. And... I couldn't be more proud that I have him in my inner circle. So that's number one, inner circle, self-awareness, number two. And number three, I really think you have to get honest with yourself, almost to a fault. Uh, people, we live in this sugar-coated world of everybody gets a trophy, everybody participated. And I'm okay with participation trophies. I think you know it lets you know you took a step in the right direction. My thing is everyone's not equal in that playing field. So you can't have somebody who comes out and scores 60 points get the same award as somebody who signed up for the league. So I think that's one of the things you have to get brutally honest with yourself and give yourself participation awards for starting things. But start striving towards those metaphorical trophies um my things i always like goals that's what they are they're they're trophies for yourself that you hang on your your mantle like i said 250 miles i'm starting to learn with my so i'll give you an update on my goals and let you know how i'm being self-aware and stuff like that i hate running i absolutely hate it i've had a week february on this running goal of 250 miles I, I don't know the exact number I'm at, but I think I've only ran maybe three times this entire month, which is not on on pace at all. And that's okay. When you are self-aware, you understand that maybe that goal just needs a little bit of tweaking. It doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm, I always say I'm going to give it my best until I can't give it my best anymore. And then I'm going to readjust. It's the same thing with happiness, guys. Not everything works. Not everything works for other people. It's their responsibility to find out what works for them. Because you might not work for them. You might think you're helping them. But what if you're not? What if you're not helping somebody and you've been going through all of this energy and, you know, wearing yourself down to help somebody who doesn't really need your help? They need help professionally. They might need help from another family member who might just get it a little bit better so guys think this one through think this one you know think about yourself don't think about other people right now think about yourself and i 
oftentimes feel like it's almost like a civic duty to help people. And to a point, I think it is. But to what point? It, it's not going to, you know, consume my day. It's not going to consume my life. I have to, if I'm going to be my best self, do things to better myself and better other people, I have to focus on me. Understand that, you know, I'm a giving person. I'm a helpful person. I'm a loving, empathetic person. But I have to set a line to where I have to be like, okay, it's no longer about other people. It has to be about me because every time somebody gets sad or upset or anything like that, especially, like I said, I do this professionally. (laughs) I do this, you know, I chose to do this. So I'm not saying don't reach out to me. I'm saying I'll absolutely jump in in your corner and, you know, be your biggest support system. And we can, I honestly, truly, truly believe life coaching. I would help out so, so much. But this isn't pitching for anything. I'm just saying that's my mindset is I had to separate between professional and, you know, like home Ben. Home Ben wants to help everybody, and so does professional Ben. But professional Ben has to put limits on things. So, for me personally, you know, if I have, if I'm getting overwhelmed with, you know, how much time is kind of consuming on other people, I have to put my phone away. I have to, you know, put my phone in the other room and spend time with my girlfriend, spend time with myself, you know, just unwinding. (laughs) And if I feel like. I'm reset, I'm recharged, I come back. So I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to take the time to put your phone in the other room, whether it be metaphorically or literally. I challenge you to take a step back and really understand who's in that circle, where your energy is going. And remember, it's not your responsibility for other people to be happy. Other people's careers don't depend on you. Other people's, it's really just other people's happiness isn't dependent on you. You're a wonderful person for trying to help. You're an excellent human for being a great friend. But you have to be open and honest and communicate with people and say, I've reached my limit. Or, hey, maybe I think you should see professional help or provide, you know, other recommendations. But remember... Two two unhappy people don't make a happy person. So if you feel yourself kind of going down that spiral too, you have to stop it. Reach into your tool belt. Become senior giggles. No one wants to hang out with not senior giggles. Um, all right, guys. I'm going to start going off on frog and senior giggle tangent, so I'm going to stop it there. Um we got a half hour of help out of this one. I think it was, you know, something to reflect on. Remember, you're not responsible for other people's happiness. You're responsible for helping them understand how they can make themselves happy. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. I love this chat. I think we had a really good one today. Um, I don't know why I'm closing this like it is a therapy session. Um, It's not. But, guys... Hit me up on Instagram, anything like that. If you're interested in, you know, getting on board with my life coaching, man, let me know. It doesn't have to be public. You can shoot me an email, uh, shoot me a DM. Uh, we keep everything under wraps here. Everything's confidential. And I 
would just love to talk with you for 15 minutes. See how see what you're going through. See how maybe I can help. And if we're a good fit, we'll go from there. All right, guys. As always, I love every last one of you who are taking that step and on that journey with me towards mental clarity. And, you know, just living our absolute best lives. And that's not a cliche. I kind of hate that. Hashtag best life. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm done. I will chat with you guys later. Have a wonderful week. And if you are looking to get on an interview on the Respectfully Selfish podcast, hit me up and we will figure out something. All right, guys, take care. Have a good one. Peace.